Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And ghost huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're, you're listening, listening to ghost host, Sophia Temporelli. Ian, Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly Paranormal. Weekly, Weekly at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to ghost host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the ghost host Sophia on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. Hey, everybody, this is Jeff Belanger, writer and researcher for Ghost Adventures. I'm an author, the writer, host, and producer of New England Legends, the television series, and the podcast. And I just love all things spooky, and I love that Sophia Temporelli has made it 10 years, a decade of broadcasting on LiveParanormal.com. Congratulations, that's an incredible accomplishment, and please stay spooky, Sophia. That's right, it's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com, and yes, congratulations, Sophia, on 10 years of broadcasting. That's right, a decade here on LiveParanormal.com. Thank you, Rob Sarek the site founder of LiveParanormal.com for providing this format each and every week and to all our moderators. Thank you guys for patching us through at live events when we had no internet feed and for all your support over the years and also to you, the audience members. Thank you guys. Feel free to call into the show at 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316. As well, feel free to jump into LiveParanormal.com chat room. I'll be posting links for our guests too in the chat room as well. It only takes a second to sign in, get yourself an avatar, and you're part of the LP family. Hope everybody's keeping safe out there. Uh, today we welcome Ron Yacovetti, uh, host, reporter for Paranormal 13 News, MMA and boxing commentator, stand-up comedian, Paranormal Ality uh, Series host, 
Unseen Paranormal Contributor, Author, Lecturer, uh, Gagnac Paranormal Key, Paranormal Researcher, and GYP Paranormal Investigator will be on the show too as well, Lourdes Gonzalez. Both are uh, going to be live from uh, the Haunted Shanley Hotel as well today as they join the show. So everyone on Facebook, search Juan Yacovetti, Lourdes Gonzalez. He's also on uh, Facebook as the Yak Man as well. Travel Channel Discovery Plus uh, Paranormal Investigator Tim Wood will be returning to the program on uh, the 12th. And he has a great announcement he's going to be doing here on the show live too as well. And Pacific Coast Haunts founder Rob Hernandez will be returning on the program on the 19th. Also, psychic Erica Busserhain and paranormal researcher Valerie Shakespeare will be on the program on the 26th. So you don't want to miss any of these upcoming shows. We have other guests uh, confirming their dates, too, as well. So a lot of great things ahead. Like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. Also, uh, check out the membership packages on Live Paranormal. They start as low as $2.99 a month. And Rob Sarek, he's great at rewarding the members here. So he give, he gives away a lot of uh, books by some of your favorite paranormal authors, lithos, DVDs, things of that type to the uh, subscribers here. Also, support the vendors here on LiveParanormal.com. And tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, be on the screen and Ghostlight Radio as well as Mondays right here, Chip Poppy of Paranormal State, Psychic Kids, and now on Kindred Spirits, he's here monthly Mondays, as well as Ben Hansen, Amy Goodwin, David M. Roundtree, Stefan Bragati, Andy and Michelle Coppock, Ken Gearhart, and many more on this network. Also, if you miss anything on the show, uh, uh, free MP4 iTunes downloads, the archives will be available on the homepage of liveparanormal.com. Let me bring in our host here. Sophia, still trying to unmute you. Still, there we go. We have you. Congratulations on ten years, Sophia. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been ten years. Yeah, you've done a fantastic job. You've helped a lot of people over the years. You have a twenty-third birthday coming up. Yeah, I'm getting old. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, you're really getting old there. But you, you've done all the gaming with your buddies and stuff. How's all that stuff going? Good. I mean, we, we haven't been gaming much. Um, my friends are in school and stuff, so they're busy. And um, there hasn't really been any solo games coming out, so I've just been watching Netflix. Yeah, yeah there's nothing new coming out or anything. But you got all these things. You got the Twitter, the all these uh, other things. Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at temporarily with one L and Instagram just at temporarily. Yeah, and excited about this. Tell us about your guests. Today we welcome Ron Yacovetti and Lourdes Gonzalez. Ron is an unseen paranormal contributor, lecturer, and Gagnac paranormal key researcher. And GYP investigator also is Lourdes Gonzalez. Both Ron and Lourdes will be on air live from the Haunted Shanley Hotel. Everyone visit Facebook, Ron Yacovetti, Lourdes Gonzalez, and everyone can search both of them pretty much, I'm sure, anywhere on social media. I know Ron's definitely on Instagram. All right, let's see. I'm trying to unmute. There, usually means a lot of people are here. Hey, hey guys, thanks for coming on today. Hey, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hey, Ron. Hey, hey thank you guys so much for coming on today. How are you both? We're good. Thanks for having us. I'm I'm happy to be back again. Us old people got to stick together, Sophia. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> it's it's getting it. hard. My back hurts. Everything hurts. <laughs> I hear. I want to say congratulations to you on your ten years. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank oh. you so much, and congratulations too on you know all the work you're doing this weekend um do you want to let the audience know what you both are up to this weekend um besides you know investigating the haunted Shanley? i know you're doing so much yeah we're we're up to like three or four a.m is what we're up to um <laughs> we uh we did a, a i did a lecture a brief lecture and then we did a live event which is something i wanted to do for a while called the digital seance initiative we wanted to take mm-hmm. the uh, the morphic resonance concept of the human circuit energy of a seance and put it together with a direct radio voice um, sitting, which is the old European pre-Ghost Box, pre-Frank's Box ITC methodology of an empty, barren white noise frequency. And we wanted to put those two together 
and do what, what I called the digital seance initiative. So we did the first one last night in Pinebush at the UFO and Paranormal Museum. We filled the room. Uh, we had amazing direct responses, um, and it was it was really a, uh, an awesome kickoff to the yeah it was to a this initiative. And then successful evening it was it was really really good. And then here we are at the Shanley Hotel. We didn't really investigate the Shanley last night because we got here late. But then tonight, uh, tonight we'll be mm-hmm. doing the Shanley. We've never been. It's an awesome place. Absolutely. Yep. Well, it's not I mean that's really exciting. <laughs> Yeah, it's really exciting that you guys were able to do that experiment last night and get to investigate investigate the Shanley tonight. I mean, uh, that's pretty much every investigator's dream is to just be able to do that just like day to day and see how much you can gather. I mean, especially in one weekend. Um, Can you tell the audience a little bit about the Shanley Hotel for those who don't know and what you both um, may expect to capture tonight? The Shanley was, I forget what year it was built. This is an 1800 structure, if I'm not mistaken. It had a lot of, um, of course, the, the undocumented side of, uh, of its history with, I think there was mob ties. Um, there's, it was allegedly part of the Underground Railroad, which was involved with, obviously, the slaves uh, moving northbound from the south. Um, it had a, which is where we are right now, actually, a, a bordello with a speakeasy, and there was gambling, and um, it's a phenomenal location, and we've we've gotten really good evidence here before. I think most people who come through here find it's pretty consistent as locations go. Um, of course, no place can guarantee evidence every time, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, Shanley was built in 1845. That's when it was built. So it's pretty old, and there's a lot of activity here. We get great EVPs here, and this was the first location where I got touched for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an old location, so it's really cool you get to investigate it. Um, I mean, it's just amazing when you investigate old locations like that. It's kind of like stepping back into time and just, you know, getting to see the history of it with your own eyes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is, And this is not the oldest. It's, um you know, because you and I met when you were not an old person, um, many, many years ago, during your teens, perhaps, um, you, your mom, your dad, your family is awesome, by the way. I, I loved all three of you immediately. Um, we've, I started out on the West Coast when I lived in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I moved back to the East, where I'm originally from. And I didn't think there was as much stuff here, but then I started to find out how wrong I was. Um, White Hill Mansion in South New Jersey is 1723. That's 53 years before this was the United States. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing just how many old locations there are. I think in California it's mainly missions like that, but, I mean, it's just incredible still. Um, But, yeah, it was great meeting you all those years ago um, and just, you know, getting to hang out. And um, it's always just great to meet more people in the field that you have great relationships with. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the first time I got to hang out with you and your family was at the um, Glen Tavern Inn, which is funny because that was where I found my um, affinity for ITC, Instrumental Transmutation. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was that same time or it was the other time, but it was Chad Lindbergh was there, and he got got his name, um, like 30 people were doing a, a spirit box thing on the top floor. And everybody introduced himself, yeah. and then he was like, "Ask one," and he goes, "And I'm Chad." And then, like twenty seconds, maybe, out of the spirit box sweeping, it goes, "I know Chad." And I was like, "Wait a minute, what was that?" Um, <laughs> so, flash forward in December, we went to the Vegas Para Unity Conference in this past mm-hmm. December, and I got to tell Chad Lindbergh the Chad story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. I mean, it's really amazing. That was at the ConCon event, right? Yes, that's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first time at the Glen Tavern. Um, I had one of my weirdest experiences at that event um, in the paranormal. So I mean, it's it's such a cool location, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to investigate with everyone. Um, I know Chad had me come do ITC with him a little bit, which is a lot of fun because Amy Goodwin, who was there, said, "Oh, come sit in the closet with me," and then they're like, "Oh yeah." Um, <laughs> A prostitute was beheaded and thrown in the closet. I was like, God, I don't want to sit in here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. It's good to give you the details after you're in the yeah, closet. I know, right? 
Yeah, it was like, I was like, oh, this is a pretty big closet. Yeah, Amy, let's go sit in there. And then when they said that, I was like, God, Amy, get me out of here. What are you doing? Uh, I want to kill a Amy Goodwin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was a lot of fun, that event. Um, But, I mean, speaking of, you know, all the amazing experiences you both have had, what initially started each of you in the field of the paranormal and really piqued your interest? That's a great question. Um, because it varies, even though there's common threads with everybody with certain things, it's an experience or a curiosity. But for me, it was always a curiosity. I was always fascinated. With, mm-hmm. Even when there was stuff on TV, that's right, young people, there was none of this stuff on TV <laughs> at one point in time. Very, very, very few things to watch. Um, I was always fascinated with that kind of stuff. So when I got a chance to do it when I lived in L.A., and actually go to an investigation, I, just, I was hooked immediately. Lourdes has, and I'll let her tell her story, of course, she has a different jumping off point for how she got interested and started doing it. Um, my family um, practices Espiritista. So mm-hmm. I grew up with paranormal stuff pretty much all my life. But what happened was with me is that I, I experienced something very traumatic that involved my mom. And so I pulled back from it and I never practiced it. And I was like a little, not scared. I'm not going to say scared, but I knew that it was, that it, that it could be dangerous, and I'm not saying that it's, you know, I know that dangerous things doesn't happen a lot, but I knew there was a possibility when I was young, so I pulled back from it. And then um, I met Ron, and he reintroduced me, and we started going on investigations, and then I was hooked. I was hooked from then on. Yeah, I mean, it can really be traumatizing at such a young age, dealing with you know, all aspects of the paranormal because it can be a dangerous field. But, I mean, I feel like when you have that interest, it really just, you know, keeps popping up back in your life, um, which is kind of amazing. And especially when you're able to, you know, overcome whatever fear of trauma you had as a child within the paranormal. Yeah, you know, I think I always say I think things happen for a reason. Ron really doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. agree with me, but I feel like he was put in my life for me to overcome that fear because it was a really big fear for me. I was afraid, you know, not like I knew that I, I, I don't, it's hard for me to explain, but I just feel like he is in my life to help me get past that. And then I'm free yeah, to go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not off the hook that easy, Ron. I know. I figured that. <laughs> Worth a shot. Moving on. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a really incredible field, and I'm glad that you two can come together and Ron could help Lourdes with that. I think it's so important, and I've said this on other shows, when you investigate to have someone you really trust when you go into investigation, because, you know, if you hear something, that person may be able to help you debunk it. I mean, they're there for moral support, or they can actually verify whatever happened, and having that trust, I think, is so crucial into verifying or, you know, disavowing whatever just happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great advice for anybody listening who may be new to this. Great advice. Yep. And I know you both um, actually started Gognac Paranormal, too. So do you want to tell the audience a little bit about that and how you guys, um, you know, initially started that? Yeah. um, She came up with it, and I'll let her explain how she came up with it. But it was basically a fusion of her name, Gonzalez, and my name, Yakovetti. And Yak Gone sounded like a bug repellent. So we didn't go with that. So I thought it was a cute email. I was like, oh, Gagnac, I've Gagnac. All right, that's cute. And then he saw it, and he was like, oh, that's a perfect Gagnac paranormal, and that's how we came up with the name. Yeah, I I mean, like, what kind of inspired you to start the group? Oh, well, so it's funny. We were, we were, I was on a team when I was in California. Um, then when I moved yeah. back to New Jersey, I worked at a, with a team or two or so, and then um, we had – started to foster good relationships with a lot of different people because we're mm-hmm. we're super big on you can't expect the community to give and support if you're not giving and supporting also. Um, and so we really were so uh, enamored and, and taken by so many people that we came to love and respect that we would get invited to work with all these different teams and groups. And then when we started doing um, the European ITC method of direct radio voice, um, and becoming kind of somewhat branded under that, we started to work with a lot of different teams and people all over. And then we thought, you know what, let us be 
uh, an entity of whatever we call it, which ended up being Gagnac, so that we can still mm-hmm. have some kind of unified body of what we do, but at the same time, we're not just beholden to one specific team because we really like working with everybody. With and everyone. some, you know, that some teams have that you're not seeing other people thing, are you? And like, well, you can't. No, yeah, I'm not getting a check. Let's not have this conversation. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's great that you were able to, you know, come together and form the team and, you know, ultimately go out and investigate with other teams. I mean, it's so helpful just to share kind of different investigating techniques or, you know, different locations. And I I think it's a lot of fun when you're able to just investigate with different people. I mean, it makes the atmosphere different. And um, I think the ghosts enjoy it, too, because, you know, if you're passed on, you don't want someone just interrogating you, if they're having fun, I think the ghosts would be more responsive too. I, you know, I totally agree with you because that's the part that I love. I love sharing things with other people and learning things from mm-hmm. other people. And that's what's really great about working with all these different teams. Yeah. So that's why we came up with Cognac. So we don't have to be, quote, unquote, told you can't do this with this person or that with that person. I don't want to deal with that nonsense. I want to investigate and have a good time and meet great people and get some evidence. Yeah, there's there's so many so many brilliant people who do what we do. I tell everybody mm-hmm. I, I'm not the paranormal field isn't great because I'm in it. I'm in it because it's great. And the people we get to work with is what is what proves it to us, you know, that there's so many brilliant people and we learn from other people. We hopefully are are teaching other people as well. I mean, it's just it's not the thing you want to limit your your opportunities to learn and to, to collaborate with other people. And we have fun working with so many different people. So yeah, for sure. And does your team work on you know residential cases too, or do you mainly kind of stick to places like the Shanley? <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, we have. We have some opportunity for residential. We don't have a lot of it, um, and it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Is, is we end up doing a lot of places like Shanley here because we have great relationships with the owner Kelly, who took it over. Um, but we we do more probably historic places like this than residential, I would say by far. But we started shifting from just being investigators to doing research with the uh, with the direct radio voice phenomena. And we started doing sittings at home to do regular recurring appointment kind of spirit communication sittings. And we did probably in the ballpark of two and a half years, we're doing at least one, if not more sittings at the same time, the same day, every week, holidays or not, without missing a week for two, probably two and a half years. And we got more involved in the research of the causality and, and, and how the phenomena worked. And we started to realize that if you go into any given location, just because you get anomalous voices does not deem the location haunted. You need more than mm-hmm. that to use the word because we get those anomalous vocals pretty much anywhere. We get them in our home, and our home isn't haunted. It's right. not haunted. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. I feel like there's so much more to it. I mean, there's residual hauntings. I mean, there's intelligent hauntings. And so, I mean, trying to sift through all of that to see what's active or not can sometimes be difficult at first, but I mean, that's part of the fun of investigating is being able to decipher a little bit about what's actually going on at a given location. Yeah, def- definitely. And that, and again, that, that's one of the things that we started to find was that there are places that are or, or, and justifiably considered haunted or have a haunting, but just getting EVPs or, or, or anomalous vocals out of a device is not enough of a criteria to say that a location is haunted, because what we find is we can capture those anywhere. And we started doing regular sittings and recording the data, moon cycle, the time, temperature, whatever, um, so we could start identifying trends as we went forward. Uh, we found that the vocals were accessible anywhere, and they were accessible in the language that you spoke, even if you were somewhere that the language was not the predominant language of that area. Um, mm-hmm. and and some of the characteristics of it. And then direct radio voice, which predates the, the sweeping ghost boxes or spirit boxes, which is mostly identified with ITC in the United States because that's what they see on TV. 
Um, direct radio voice has yielded some of the most incredible real-time communication, like we're talking right now type of communication that I've ever seen. And when I saw it, I couldn't believe that more people weren't doing it. And I went, you know what? I'm going to be the fool that does it. <laughs> and I listen to static all the time. I mean, we've gotten three full sentences sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just the hard work that you have to put into it because we do listen to a lot of shh. That's a grind. You know? So, and, and, yeah, but you know what? It's worth it when you get those those full-blown sentences. It's worth it. It's, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, we find that you don't have the same brevity to the messages. There, are, We get longer sentences. We get multi-sentence responses. Um, they've shown visual um, confirmation. We've got an identification of what we're doing or, or colors of things or where we are, or, um, as well as the vocals. We don't understand how it works necessarily because we're not broadcasting out on any kind of a carrier wave or on any kind of a device with a microphone. So how our vocals get to whatever realm or whatever you know, area that we're communicating with is still a huge mystery to us. We don't um, – we, we create a mechanical wave with our voice box, with our larynx. That only propagates mm-hmm. so far, and the coherency of it will, the cohesive of it will level off as the air kind of like evens it out. So if something or somebody is not within our physical environment within a certain distance, is it consciousness? Like we don't know what it is that's reaching them where they're able to respond to us, but we're getting responses, and it's it's phenomenal. It never gets old. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's really fascinating. Um, and I think, like you were saying, I mean, going through so much static, uh, a lot of people don't realize, too, you know, when they watch TV shows, how long evidence review actually takes. I mean, yeah. it's it's such a big part of investigating. I mean, once you investigate, it's not always just crystal clear the second you're there. I mean, a lot of times it could be weeks after the investigation until you realize you actually caught something. Absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, it is It is a huge part of it. Um and it is it is also just phenomenal for if you actually do get real time communication if you can actually hear the messages at the moment that's that's the that's, goal. that's one of the reasons why IT, ITC was uh, instrumental transcommunication that term was coined by a physicist in Germany named Ernst Stankowski and he did it somewhere in the 1990s it's not as old as, as the term EVP um, everything used to be considered EVP until he did that, and he did it to not only have uh, communication through radio be uh, a non-influenced third-party device, but he also did it to, to address the real-time communication instead of having to record and review like EVP would be, let's say, in the moment. And the radio, mm-hmm. the electronic device being the medium, whereas like an EVP, it, even if it has some part in – if it has a little bit of a white noise bed, let's say, to it. But the, when the sound comes out of the radio modulated, uh, that's a different thing. And so he wanted to create a term to to label or to speak to that phenomenon. The radio is the medium and the communications in real time. It's not in review later on. And it's what some of the stuff they got in Europe with it with using direct radio voice is phenomenal. Definitely. And I know um... – you know, earlier you were mentioning that, you know, when you pick stuff up like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that a location is haunted. What advice would you give to someone who believes that they are currently living in a haunted house? Move, run, grab your things. No, um, (laughs) I had to say that. Um, I would say get, get answers and get educated, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's people out there who can provide both of those things uh, for you. You always want to look for what might not be paranormal effect um, to explain something. Um, if you can do that, then you rule things out. So you want to use that as a, as a critical thinking, analytical thought process. Not, um, and I, I'm very big on the terminology and the way we label what we do in the field uh, because we frame it for those in it and those who aren't in it. And when we label things a certain way, we give low-hanging fruit to the people who are very cynical about it. So I don't ever say, and I don't believe in saying that we go in and we try to debunk everything, and then if we can't debunk it, that's paranormal. No, no. We go in and we assess Mm -hmm. everything, and we let it speak to us for what it is, 
and we use analytical thought and we try to see if it's maybe something that's happening materialistically in our environment. And then if it's not, then we look at that aspect of it. But if you go in trying to show it's paranormal or trying to debunk it, you're already going in with bias on one side or the other. And that's the problem with the people who call themselves skeptics because most of the time that's not what they are. Skeptics look for absolution and truth. If you go in going, this is all BS, none of this is real, and I'm going to show you, you're not a skeptic, you're a believer. You're just a believer in a different paradigm that doesn't work with the people who think everything's paranormal. So Mm -hmm. uh, those are both belief systems, but they use the term skeptic because it has connotations of being more educated and well-spoken and well-to-do, and and it's, it's just not accurate. Skeptics want truth. Skepticism is great, and it's healthy, and it should be in there. Absolutely. Um, It's so good to, you know, go into any investigation with skepticism just so, you know, you can decipher if something's actually paranormal or just debunkable. Um, Because that's that's really a big thing, especially when you're dealing with a home haunting. I mean, it can be really scary dealing with it and not knowing what could be easily explained or, you know, something that you actually need to have help with and hopefully be able to deal with. That's true. That's very true. And be careful with teens charging you so much money and yeah. stay there for one day and say, okay, everything is gone, cleared, and then yeah. you go, that's not a good sign. Yeah, well, it seems to us that you have termites right. and demons. That'll be $400. Yeah. What? No. No. That <laughs> <laughs> seems like a pretty good deal, though, for termites. So yeah, maybe the ghost right. part was <laughs> – the ghost part might have been free. Seemed like a good deal to me, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's funny. <laughs> Well played, Miss Temporelli. Well played. She's wise. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I help my grandma with uh, finding people to work on her house and when we do housework on mine. So I'm, I'm pretty good with, like, house people now, like electricians and stuff. So that seems like a fair deal to me. I'm like, I don't know. It seems like a pretty good charge if they're throwing in a termite <laughs> or the ghost sun. It sure is. You know, that's, that's funny. Three ghosts and you get rid of the termite. That's true. That's another thing. It's important, too, like equipment-wise, too. Like people mm-hmm. will go, well, at least turn that thing on. It should always work. If it doesn't always work, then, that, you know, I to, well, no, because that's by definition for any methodology mm-hmm. to be scientific, it has to be falsifiable. That's, that's one of the things for the people who are big science-minded people. That's one of the things with string theory that they say doesn't size up to make it scientific. It's, you can't prove that it's true or false. It's not falsifiable. So you, it's hard to say that it's scientific if you can't falsify it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do know we have to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with more questions. Yeah, it's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli celebrating 10 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com. And I can say on behalf of the family, we love Ron, too, and meeting him as well. And, Lourdes, we can't wait to meet you in the years ahead, too, as well. Uh, Both Ron and Lourdes uh, on Facebook, you can search Ron Yacovetti. He also has a page, The Yak Man. And also on Facebook, too, Lourdes Gonzalez. It's a Glow So Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. We're towards a late edition of the show, but we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Coast with the most Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com. Hey, this is Rick Hayes, the psychic medium, life consultant, author, and lecturer, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Believe. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. 
Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files, and you're listening to ghost host <laughs> Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself into your mix of, of voiceovers now. I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. Poor Dave left out of the audio bites there. But uh, I want to thank Ron and Lourdes, too, for uh, you know, trying to unmute all the mics, too, as well at the same time. But thank you both. I mean, you're at the Shanley Hotel and taking time away to, to come on. Thank you both so much. No, we appreciate it. It's it's it's, yeah. a, it's an honor and a pleasure to to be here. Ten years of Sophia doing the show is is awesome. I don't think people understand. Like we've been on a podcast that we do on Mondays. It's a video show. We've been doing like a year and a half. We're like, hey, awesome, year and a half with it. And, and yeah, ten years. That, 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 if that doesn't speak to passion, dedication, I don't know what does. So, wow. Well, thank yeah. you, and thank you both so much for coming on today. Um, speaking of your podcast, though, I know you also work with another couple in the paranormal, the Rathmans, um, and do a show. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about that and how that all came to be? Yeah, there's two other couples on that show, actually. It was Tony and Sheree Rathman, and then it was Chris Allgood and Audra Keeler. They all lived in Arizona at the time, um, and then we were mm-hmm. guests on the show. And they had some of their highest numbers in their ratings. And I don't know why, because we're just a couple of chuckleheads from New Jersey. But for some reason, (laughs) people paid attention. (laughs) And then uh, Chris and Audra moved to North Carolina, and they left Arizona by Phoenix, where Tony and Cherie live. And during that two weeks, they needed uh, a couple to sit in as guest hosts. So we did it for two weeks in a row. When they reconvened the show, the four of them, they had a little sit-down, and they decided that they they liked what we did, and they wanted to make us permanent as co-hosts. So now the show is hosted by three different couples um, in three different parts of the country, and we highlight other people who investigate and do research, and they share their evidence and where they got it and how they got it. And it's fascinating because on a weekly basis, we get impressed and humbled by what other people get. And a lot of people who investigate may only have their wealth of experience and and evidence. And impressive as it is, when you see other people getting it, it's like feeling like you're a part of a greater good. It's a a bigger thing. It's like, wow, there's a lot of this happening out there. Then the aggregation of evidence is nuts at the level people are getting it. Yep, there's a lot of people out there with great stuff, man, great stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's great that you were all able to come together and, you know, just talk to other investigators and hear, you know, their evidence and how they captured it. I mean, like I said earlier, it's so amazing when investigators come together and just share their own thoughts and theories, their own investigative techniques, and, you know, can just collaborate with one another. Yeah, one of the one of the cool things about this that I, that's been, at least for me, a learning experience of it is is we have this you always hear people say one day hopefully science will take this and one day science will accept this. So first of all, science is not one guy. I hate to break it to the public, but you can't, like you don't go to school mm-hmm. and think sex ed was one dude getting all the action, right? So it's not, science is not one person. So that's important to know. Um, there are scientists on both sides of the, this is real and this is not real side of the equations. Um, one of the things from doing the show that we got to see when we saw so many other people doing really good work, getting really good evidence, is that if you look at, regardless of the team, the type of people, the gender, their background, where they live, the data that they collect with regards to visual anomalies, audio, EVP, ITC, the properties and the aspects of the evidence that they capture is pretty much characteristically the same everywhere. And so when you look at reliability and stability of data, you have more of a reliability of the data when it matches across the board like that. So in my opinion, the greater good of people out there doing investigations and research is leading the scientific charge. Because I think science has a lot of anecdote and theory and sometimes other fluid like definitions. But when you look at the consistency of data across all these different teams and the, the aspects of the data, the characteristics being the same, you have more reliability and stability of data. And I think we're leading the field that way. 
Yeah, I mean, it is just, you know, it's just so fortunate to just see. I think there's been so much more of just people coming together, not only with just more shows being out there and the paranormal being less taboo, but just, you know, the way that I think people are more open to sharing their experiences from the general public to, you know, new investigators, old investigators, and just really wanting to just figure out more about it, not just leave it up to science, but actually figure it out ourselves. You know, there's so many more people going into the tech side of it and just kind of wanting to develop their own equipment and stuff. And so it's really cool to see. Yeah, I think that's part of why people are starting to get really great stuff. I mean, people have gotten great stuff, but I think it's more of it now because we are sharing and we are telling people our experiences and what we've captured. I think that's part of what we need to do in order to, you know, to proceed with it. Yeah, because your experience level is not relegated to just your experiences. You start now having some kind mm-hmm. of cross-pollination with other people are experiencing too. And that's and that's one of the things too. Another thing that drives me crazy is when people call it a pseudoscience. That that pseudoscience by definition means that there is a, a, a mistaken identification of scientific method or or involvement in the study. But there are scientists Rupert Sheldrake from the SPR in, 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 in Europe, biologist. Ernst Sienkowski, the guy who came up with the term ITC, physicist. There are scientists on, on every side of this equation that's possible, every stance you can have. So you can't say it's a pseudoscience because by definition, as soon as one scientist got on board, it's not. It's not a pseudoscience. It's true. And many of those scientists believe in the paranormal, but they won't say it because they're afraid that it's going to damage their careers. Right. So, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, with so many people having interest in the paranormal nowadays, what advice would you give to any person trying to join the field currently? Do your homework. Um, And I'm not talking about us. There are so many people who are really Mm -hmm. brilliant, who are creating things, building things, researching things. Um, look at all aspects of it. Look at the, the, the parapsychology side of it, too. There's a lot of institutes that are doing experimentation on, on telepathy and psychical research behind the scenes that the people who are just out ghost hunting don't even realize. Um, don't discount the people who are out there ghost hunting. There's a lot of, like I said, aggregation of data that's synonymous regardless of where it is. Um, there's a lot of really good books out there. Learn study, and be open. And when somebody starts talking to you, oh, I don't know if I agree with that, listen to them anyway because there's something to be learned even if you don't agree with it. I've read so many different things and approaches to this stuff, biocentrism, um, parapsychology, there's all these different things that are verticals in what we do, and you're not going to adopt every one of those mentalities or approaches synonymously. Um, different philosophies, but but hear them, learn them, know what's out there, know what's available, and then experiment with stuff. Experiment with the, the method we do, direct radio voice. It's not on TV. Nobody's doing it. I found that through research. There's an incredibly brilliant woman named Dr. Annabel Cordoso. She's in Spain now, first female to be a diplomat to the country of Portugal. She actually wrote the about the author uh, section for my book that's coming out. Uh, my first book's coming out this month, actually called Paranormally Speaking, Knowingly Talking to the Unknown. Um, And I've talked to her on the phone before. She gets incredible evidence. She's not a ghost box builder. She doesn't use ghost boxes. She uses an empty radio frequency like we do, um, doing direct radio voice, and her evidence is unbelievable. So familiarize yourself with who and what is out there because that is an educational Mm -hmm. experience to happen. And please, if you disagree with someone, respect each other and respect your beliefs. Yes, I'm that's clapping. Right now. I'm clapping right now at that. Yes. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's, yes. That's hold hold, hold yourself to a standard. Yes. Social media has provided um, for some people uh, a, a shooting range to target other people, uh, where they completely disband with their own level of, of integrity and, and dignity. Hold yourself to a standard as a human being first and then be a paranormal researcher or whatever you want to be after that. So show other people respect. If you don't agree with them, you don't like them, don't work with them, don't profess what they do, don't support it, that's fine. But hold yourself to a standard. Absolutely. 
And what is the big thing, uh, the biggest thing that each of you have learned in the paranormal that you wish to pass down to your kids or future generations of investigators? That's a great question. That is a very question. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we go with the cliche, stay in school? Stay in school. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Uh, very bad, drugs are very bad. Um, that's, a that's a great question. I would, I would probably say something along the lines of what I just said. You hold yourself mm-hmm. to a standard, um, and look at what's out there to learn. Because most of the times, like what we do with Direct Radio Boys, you're standing on the shoulders of giants. There's people who who laid a foundation beforehand. I always, I always say, if you, for people who do ITC. If they don't know who the Italian researcher Marcello Bacci is, who got more real-time communication at a level I've never seen um, pretty much outside of what he's done, very, very few at that level. Um, if you don't know that, if you're making an argument for spirit communication through radios and stuff, and you don't know Bacci, that's like going to court and leaving the smoking gun home. So my, that would be what I would pass down was, you know, don't I, – like, I have a son. My son's going to be 16. Uh, he's gone on a couple investigations. I don't make him do it. He's welcomed any time. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't try to make my passion his. But if he does it, I will make sure he learns how to do it as, as best and correctly as I'm able to teach him. And I would say trust because, um, I like I always tell my girls, and, and, I, and I apply that to the paranormal field too, if your gut is telling you that something is wrong, then you leave because most likely there's something wrong. And you need to trust your body. I mean, you need to to uh, have a, a level of discernment, but you need to trust your body and kind of analyze things. I think our body is one of the best tools that you can use. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um, I mean, my favorite tool when I'm on an investigation is just kind of listening to my instincts. If I, I don't have like a go room to room to room I'm just like I'm gonna go wherever I feel like is best because you know I'm not psychic but I'm a sensitive and ghosts aren't just gonna go in a like a straight line they could go from you know a living room of a location to the kitchen and then back to the living room just because you went to the same room doesn't mean you're not going to get anything right 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 yeah that's that's true that's and that's a huge lesson in the other aspect of the paranormal stuff which is at least 50% of the equation, especially with spirit communication, we don't have control over. We don't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people will be cynical and say, well, if this whole communication and radio thing works, and uh, how come you just can't dial them up all the time and it doesn't always work? Because if you're trying to communicate, inherent in the idea of communicating is intelligence, right? You don't talk to your couch. If you do, you've got a whole other set of problems, but mm-hmm. you don't. So yeah. when you communicate, you're expecting responses or hoping for. So that inherent in that idea of what you're doing is intelligence. And with intelligence comes choice and free will. So you may reach out through your communication device or whatever method you use and get nothing. And that might mean that nobody's mm-hmm. there. It might want to talk maybe, right? And if you look at the cell phone, you can find a lot of parallels. Sometimes you call somebody, they can't pick up. They're busy. You can't, they, the call doesn't go through. Um, you both want to talk, right? So there's intent on both sides, and it doesn't work. That doing it in threes under the same conditions that they say makes it scientifically proven doesn't even apply to this fairly or necessarily too, right? I tell people that I have my electromagnetic device. I have my phone, and if I call my dad on it Mm -hmm. ten times today and he picks it up once, by that proving it scientifically in threes idea, by that theory, my dad doesn't exist because I have a 90% fail rate. I got him one out of ten, and I didn't do it three times in a row, so it's not really… An intelligent barometer for measuring what we're trying to do when you don't have control over at least 50% of the equation. Right, because if something or someone has free will, it's going to be unpredictable. That's just how it is because they have free will. Yeah, sometimes you get a phone call on your cell phone and you look at it and go, no, you know, I'm not talking to him right now. Right. Ta-da. Yeah. And that's <laughs> I feel like you having your dad answer once out of ten means he exists because if I called my dad even once, he wouldn't answer. So I right. I feel like scientifically proven. Um, maybe because I'm right next door to him. I think it's because he's just not trying to show his love the way he should um, by answering my phone calls. He says it's nonsense. I say, what if it's something important? You're one so I feel like it's pretty usually. good. <laughs> but what if it was something important? What if I fell? I could have. You wouldn't know. 
So I, I think that's scientifically proved. I do. I get injured a lot. Um, that's why I think if a ghost pushed me or scratched me, I would never know because I'd be like, wow, how did you do that? Um, I would just be confused the whole time and just assumed it was me. So literally, I don't think a ghost would ever injure me because they would just look at me and be like, she's fine on her own. And uh, they're right. <laughs> We're not even going to get for <laughs> Yeah. I, I walked into a cabinet the other day and bruised my arm. That hurt. <laughs> I think it was already, yeah, the whole thing. But, um, yeah, oh, well. so you guys have gone to some amazing locations. Um, where is one location that you would love to revisit, and where would you love to investigate the most in the world? I know. Well, I know that she wanted to. I'll let her speak to it. I know do stuff at some point, maybe in Europe somewhere, whatever, but favorite and probably what we're kind of waiting on, we, we really, and I, you know, I started there, uh, Queen Mary, favorite place to go, mm-hmm. whether we get hit activity or not, is it is it, uh, a majestic, ornate, elegant piece of floating history, and I just, I just like being there. The QM, I love the Queen Mary, it's so beautiful, and it's so active, I, I would love to go, we haven't been there in three years, right? Yeah, we went a couple of years in a row. When when after I moved back and she and I got together and started doing this stuff, I I, um, I set up a vacation thing so we go and I introduced her to it, and she fell in love with it too. And then we went back again, and then we weren't able to go on vacation the year after that. And then you know obviously the world was shut down for a, yeah. a time, starting in 2020. Um, so we're waiting. I actually heard rumblings was that it might open up again sometime so. coming towards the summer. Um, I mm-hmm. will go back every visit that ship if it is available to do it and I hope it is. And the Glen Tavern too because yeah. that's where we got a lot of Spanish responses there yeah, too. Glen Tavern was, that's was a good, good rotation too. Man, I would love to go back there too. Temporarily plan knows that yeah. place very well. That's, yeah. yeah, it's a great location. Um, well, if you guys are ever down at the Queen Mary, please let us know. We're, you know, not too far from there. So it'd be great to, you know, get back there. We haven't been in a while too. So it'd be a lot of fun to just go investigate. That would be cool to do. Yeah, that would you know what's, what's funny? The place we're at now, the Shanley Hotel in, in Napanock, New York, um, for those who geographically, if this helps, it's maybe 90 minutes north northwest of New York City. Um, I just love saying Napanock. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's reminiscent of me. To me, it's a little bit it's, – it's got similarity, um, but an, I guess like an older version feel of it to the Glen Tavern Inn. It's a it's a former uh, speakeasy. It had the you know the brothel. Um, it's third floor, three floor walk up. Mm-hmm. You know, without the elevators and stuff. It's it's I don't know. It reminded me when I first came here of a, an Eastern architectural, older version of that same type of a place. Whatever. Oh, wow. Definitely. And I know we're coming towards the end of the show, but are there any websites, upcoming interviews, or events that either of you would like to mention? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, well, the yes, we are, we're, uh, we are appearing and speaking at the uh, Rochester, New York Parafest at the end of March. This is, I think, the 25th, 6th, and 7th. Um, we expect to be back to the New Jersey Para Unity Expo, which I think is what in September this year. Uh, yeah, I think September. We ran an ITC exhibit last year there, which um, we took a different approach to. Instead of just displaying evidence or equipment, um, we had an exhibit room. So we actually ran direct radio voice through um, like a big Bluetooth soundbar speaker, and we had people coming in to actually, hey, come in and record evidence if you get communication. And there were people who came in the exhibit who wouldn't leave the room for a couple of hours yeah. <laughs> because they were getting responses. Um, our website is gonyac, G-O-N-Y-A-C, paranormal.com. Um, we're going to be doing the digital seance initiative probably more and more. And this month on Amazon, my first book with Beyond the Fray Publishing – which um, one of the authors they have published is Dave Schrader. Um, Ken Gerhard mm-hmm. also has a, at least one book out with them. So it's called Paranormally Speaking, Knowingly Talking to the Unknown. It's got a little bit of my backstory, how I got into this. Um, it segues into the affinity for radio communication and ITC, direct radio voice. And then um, actually in the last chapter of the book, 
I took 15 or so ITC people who, in my opinion, are some of the best in class doing it today, and I had them give advice like what you asked me for people who want to do ITC work. That I thought this is this is an opportunity to not only share my platform mm-hmm. with other people that I respect and admire, but what an what an opportunity for the reader if they get to see not just my perspective on ITC, but all these other people who are I'm talking like uh, Stephen Katie Holte, Tim Woolworth, Austin Maynard. Um, Tony Rathman, um, people who, who are really, really good at what they do. So that book will be out, Paranormally Speaking, Knowingly Talking to the Unknown. Um, this month, March, Beyond the Fray of Publishing, it'll be available on Amazon. And then I'm already about mm, a little more than halfway done with another book that's going to be a little bit more tech and philosophy heavy for ITC. Can you tell me about that good uh, promotion you got from the spirits? Okay, yeah. So she wants me to tell you, <laughs> I was running um, – a sweeping ghost box made by Jay Prather. And it's called the Direct Link. Mm-hmm. And I was just running it. Um, I was at lunch at work, which I do sometimes. I go in the back and I'll run boxes or devices or sessions um, while I eat. And I ran the box, and just female voice came out very clearly and said March. And I was like, and it was very clear. So I was like, well, what about March? And then it said a book. So she goes, well, there, there's your promo right there. <laughs> promo. Uh-huh. The book is oh, wow. Right? I mean, that's really cool. Um, I know we're coming towards the end of the show, but Ron, congratulations on your book and your upcoming book, too. Um, And thank you both so much for coming on today. I know you had a very busy weekend, but we were very happy to have you on, and we would love to have you back on in the future. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank you. And one of the things that made our weekend really great was spending it with you guys. So thank you for having us. It was nice. Wow. Well, well, thank thanks, you, guys. and again, you're always welcome back on in the future, and I can't wait to hopefully meet up and investigate soon. Yes, we will do that, and for, and for your listeners, keep supporting the show. This is how you do broadcasting right. You don't do 10 years this wow. way by accident. This is doing it the right way with coming from a good place, so congratulations to you. That is really cool. Yes, awesome. Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, Ron and Lourdes. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And, yeah, the, the event that you're talking about, too, that's coming up the uh, 25th, 26th, 27th. That's rochesterparafest.org. That's rochesterparafest.org for everybody to get ticket details. Thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. You too. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Wow, and that's that's totally cool. They joined us from the Shanley, too. That fantastic show, Sophia. Absolutely. Ron and Lourdes, great guests. I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. And their website, too, for everyone as well. Um, it, yeah, visit uh, gonyakparanormal.com. So, of course, for Gonzalez and, and uh, for Yakavetti. So, gonyakparanormal.com. Facebook search Ron Yakavetti. Also, he has the page The Yakman and Lourdes Gonzalez. You can find there too as well. The Ghost Host Show is Sophia Temporelli on liveparanormal.com. See you next week. Guest is Tim Wood. Hi, this is Debbie and Sion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli on liveparanormal.com. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.